Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am joined once again by Christy Summers, and we are going to talk about where to hold your rehearsal dinner or welcome party. I think when you're planning a wedding at Walt Disney World or a vow renewal commitment ceremony, you are focused so much on the actual ceremony and the reception and you have the help of a planner that sometimes when you realize, oh, hey, we should probably have some sort of get together for everybody before or even after the wedding, then sometimes it can be daunting because you're like, ah, I have to plan a whole nother thing. So today we're going to talk about the options that you have and our suggestions and maybe give you some ideas that you hadn't thought of for some alternative things to do instead of a welcome party or a rehearsal dinner that will still bring everybody together. So welcome, Christy. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Well, thanks for being back on the show. Now, I know that you are also a big fan of the restaurants at Walt Disney World. So I'm looking forward to hearing your input on some of the options we talk about today and uh, just see what you think. Yeah, I have to confess, we plan trips around where we're going to eat. So (laughs) that's our main focus of our trips, really. So, yeah, when it comes to Disney food restaurants, I'm right there with my opinions. (laughs) I'll be right there. (laughs) So so basically, there are a couple things you can do when you want to have a rehearsal dinner or a welcome party. And that also, sometimes people are like, well, what's the difference? Well, traditionally, a rehearsal dinner is held after the rehearsal, and it's just for the people who were in the rehearsal, so usually your immediate family and the bridal party. However, when you have a destination wedding, or even when you have a wedding at home, but you have a lot of people coming in from out of town, it can be nice to invite those out-of-towners to the rehearsal dinner. Now, when you're at Walt Disney World, unless you live in Florida, everybody's probably coming from out of town. So in those cases, you find sometimes people just do what they call a welcome party, and everybody who's invited to the wedding is also invited to the welcome party and it gives people a chance to get together and get to know each other before the actual ceremony. So some of the ways that you can do this, the probably I would say the easiest, certainly not the cheapest, but definitely the easiest way is to plan it through your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings Coordinator. Uh, it's the same as what you're doing with the reception. The food and beverage minimums are usually the same, the venue fees are the same, but it's something that's not going to count toward your overall minimum expenditure for the wedding, which is something to keep in mind. But it will be very convenient because you have this person who is already doing all the other events that you have for your wedding, also helping you plan your dinner. And so you can do it in the same kind of venues that you would pick for a wedding reception, uh, maybe a ballroom or private room at one of the resorts. Again, the food and beverage minimums are all the same. So if they told you that the attic was $2,500 food and beverage minimum after 5 p.m. for your reception, it would be the same if you decided to have a party there. The only difference being, of course, that the cost is not going to be applied to your overall minimum expenditure. (laughs) I have a question about that. So 
from what I understand, if you're doing, say, a wishes wedding, everything on the day of the wedding, does that count toward your minimum? So let's say that you were having a nighttime wedding and maybe you wanted to have a welcome brunch in the morning at, you know, 9 or 10, and then everyone was coming back together for, say, 6 o'clock for the wedding. Is that something that might be feasible? Assuming the bride and groom didn't mind seeing each other that morning, but... Yes, that's a really good idea. And that's a way to actually make it apply because every event that you do on your wedding day counts toward the overall minimum expenditure. So yeah, if you can convince people to get together for a breakfast or brunch or something, that will apply. And that's a great way to save some money because then you're not, you know, laying out for something above and beyond the minimum requirement that Disney has already given you. So let's say that maybe you're doing an escape wedding or the memories collection and you're not working with the planner as much as you would in a wishes wedding. And obviously you don't have any minimums that you're trying to hit for for those types of packages. So would the wedding coordinator work with you to plan something or would you have to then work with maybe Disney's private dining or just book a reservation on your own? I think it could go either way. You could do it on your own if you wanted to. You could go through Disney catered events. I know that if you're doing an escape and you want to add on a dessert party or something like that, your planner will help you do that. I'm not so sure that they will help you if you are doing memories. They say, you know, well, you have to have 10 people to have a catered event and memories, the maximum number of people for a memories collection event is six. So you're on your own. However, there are many of us who have had private events for fewer than 10 people and we just go through Disney catered events. So it can go either way. But definitely, if you're doing an escape, talk to your planner because usually they will be more than happy to help you add that on. That's good to know. Then at least that you can still work with them in some capacity for that. So let's say maybe I wanted to book something at Citricos. If I can book it possibly through the restaurant or I can book it through my planner or through catered events, do you know what the, the types of minimums are on who I would go to. So let's say it was only, there were only 10 of us, would it be easier if I just booked it through the restaurant to maybe get a private room for something like that? Yes, definitely in the case of Citrico's because they do have a private room that seats up to 12 people and you can book it directly through the restaurant and it has very low food and beverage minimum. I would say just go through the restaurant But Citrico's is also a place that you can book a private event in when it's closed. So if you wanted to do a brunch or a lunch event, you could book that through your Disney's Fairytale Wedding Planner or through Disney Catered Events. And then it has a $2,500 food and beverage minimum, but you can have a lot more people. So that is an example that would go either way. A lot of times it just depends on, you know, do you want it in the daytime when the place is closed? Do you want a ballroom? Those would all go through your planner or Disney's catered events. But then what we're going to talk about in a minute is if you want to go during their normal operating hours, how do you do that? I think the main point here is that the very easiest thing to do is to have your planner help you plan this. And sometimes it's more than people want to spend because, you know, again, you're looking at food and beverage minimums. Now, certain rooms like the ballrooms actually don't have food and beverage minimums when you're doing a reception there for your wedding. But if you do a separate event like a rehearsal dinner or a welcome party, then they do have certain minimums that kick in with that because there's no venue fee. So that would just be something that you talk to your planner about and they can find out what it is for your group size. So if being that your planner can help you with a lot of these things, let's say maybe you're getting married at the Swan and Dolphin, but you're still getting married in Disney World, right? So um, if you wanted to have an event at, say, Citrico's or California Grill or anywhere else, would the planners from Swan and Dolphin be able to help you? Or would you then just have to go through as if you were planning a private catered event on your own? In that case, you would have to use Disney catered events because, yeah, the Swan and Dolphin planners are not at all connected with the Disney 
machine. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you would have to go through Disney and that would be Disney catered events. Okay. So then the next option is to book a private room at a restaurant. And this is kind of a happy medium between just making a reservation during regular business hours and sitting with everybody else and having a full-on catered event that is going to have food and beverage minimums and maybe other associated costs. This is a little bit easier. The only trick is there are not very many Disney-owned restaurants that have private rooms. So the ones that do are Citrico's, which we just talked about. It has the chef's domain, but it only seats 12 people. And it's sort of like the chef's table at Victoria and Albert's. You pay this flat food and beverage minimum and you get a multi-course meal and it's all customized just for you. Another one that I like to recommend is the Wave of Contemporary Flavors at the Contemporary Mm -hmm. Resort. Uh, They have sort of a section that has these panels that can be closed to make it a private section. And you can do just half of that section for a pretty low minimum, especially at breakfast at something like $200. Dinner, it goes up and you're talking more about like $1,000 or $2,000 depending on how much of the room you use. But it's a good way to have a private event. You book it through the restaurant. You don't have to involve the catering department. You don't have to involve your planner, and it's fairly reasonable prices. Uh, Another one is Gico. They have the wine room, which seats up to 40, but it is very expensive. If you want the whole room, it has a $4,000 food and beverage minimum. Wow. Yeah. And same with California Grill. They have a wine room, and then they have the Sonoma room and the Napa room, and those also you're looking at at least $1,000 for something like that. And that's just for the cost of the room, right? That's nothing else included or? That's the food and beverage minimum. Yeah, they don't have venue fees, luckily. So, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. but in some of these places, you know, you're getting to the point where if you're going to spend $4,000, why don't you just have a private event and have your planner do everything, you know? At least that's the way I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, another Disney-owned restaurant that has a private room is Cuisina. And then the Garden View Lounge, actually, you can get the whole thing when it's closed. It's not open all the time. And during the off hours, you can actually rent out the entire Garden View Lounge, which is at the Grand Floridian, and it looks out over the garden, funny enough. Um, (laughs) And so that might be a good alternative. Now, there are some non-Disney-owned restaurants on Walt Disney World property that also have private rooms. Fulton's, the paddle wheeler, I guess you'd call it, uh, has two private rooms. Rick's Lounge, which is at Coronado Springs Resort, which is a Disney-owned resort, but the concessions are operated by an outside vendor. They have a private room called Las Ventanas, where they do weddings and special events. And then over at the Swan and Dolphin, you have Shula's Steakhouse, Todd English's Blue Zoo, and Il Mulino. But like I said before, their food and beverage minimums are so high that it almost makes more sense just to do a private catered event through your wedding planner and have everything be taken care of for you because you're spending the same amount of money. Right. And I think, too, you know, it just depends on how big your party is, how many people you're having to determine what the best option would be for you. Because if it's only for, say, 10 people, then maybe just getting a big table somewhere and, um, you know, trying to get one of the private rooms might work. But exactly. If you're talking to almost everyone that's coming out for your wedding, say 25, 50 people, then yeah. rent the whole restaurant. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'd be happy to do that, too. <laughs> Uh, So, But if you do decide to go through the restaurant to make a reservation for the private room, you will be working directly with the restaurant, so you don't have to worry about a middleman if it's easier because you work usually with the manager of the restaurant. They sometimes will make personalized menus for you. Sometimes they actually require you to order off 
a set group menu. And then the other thing that you can do that a lot of people don't think of is you can work with a florist, either the Disney florist or even an outside florist, to deliver floral arrangements to set up in the room. And so it can be almost like planning a catered event through Disney. Ooh, and then what about cake? Yes. So I actually have a chart in the escape section. It's the escape. Carrie, I'm sorry. You would have a chart for cake. The only person I know not have a chart for cake. In I my, love it. In my defense, it's not a cake chart, but it is a chart that references cake. Um, there's a chart in the escape chapter of my book that it lists all the restaurants with private rooms and it gives you all the basic information you need to know, including whether there's a cake cutting fee, because some of these restaurants will actually charge you like two fifty per person to cut the cake for you, even if it's a cake that you bring in. So that's something to know. Sometimes they have a corkage fee, like if you bring your own champagne or something. Uh, and it also it has the phone number to call. It tells what the prices are, what the capacities are, and then just little things you should know, like the corkage fee, like the cake cutting fee. Some of them, like Garden View Lounge, actually has some sort of weird rules about like you can't open gifts and you can't do party games and stuff because it's out in the lobby and they don't want people to see what you're doing or something. So anything like that is listed in this chart. And I think sometimes people who, you know, if you're not having an escape wedding, maybe you never crack that chapter of the book, but it can be a really great resource if you're trying to plan a rehearsal dinner, a welcome party, bridal tea, any other kind of event, and you want to know the basic information about a lot of the Disney restaurants. That book is always helpful. <laughs> so, and then the third option is just to make a group reservation at a restaurant during its normal operating hours. And this is definitely going to be your least expensive option of the three that we've talked about so far. Uh, it's obviously not going to be private. There are a few restaurants that have semi-private sections, or they're just so big that if you went there during an off hour, like if you had an afternoon or a lunchtime event, it would probably be empty enough that you would get a corner of the restaurant to yourself. These would be Raglan Road at Downtown Disney. Yachtsman Steakhouse has a little sort of semi-enclosed area. The Wave, like we just talked about, has a room that you can actually close off, and I I'm sure that if you just made a reservation there and it was the middle of the day and nobody was eating in that section, they would seat you in that section. And then Portobello also is another one of those ginormous restaurants that you might end up having a whole corner to yourself. <laughs> Something you should know, though, is that when you call up to make a group reservation for these places, you will be told that you need to book at either 5.30 p.m. or 9 p.m., which is basically the first seating or the last seating, if you want your whole party to be seated together. Now, People have mixed experience with this. Most of the time people say, that's okay, just book me for the time I want because I don't want to eat that early and we'll take our chances. And often you hear that it's no problem. They're able to push the tables together, especially at like Ohana, which is super popular for rehearsal dinners, welcome parties and big group gatherings. Usually you hear that they were able to, you know, put a bunch of tables together, make this one big long table with no problem. But just be aware that maybe they won't be able to accommodate you and you're not allowed to throw a hissy fit if they can't. The other thing to know is that for most larger parties, they used to actually have a separate phone line to call for group dining when you wanted to make a large party reservation and they've discontinued it. So unless you have like more than 20 or 30 people, you usually can just call the Disney dining phone number, the same one you would call to make a reservation for two, and they will hook you up. If they can't hook you up, they will give you the phone number so you can call the restaurant directly and make the reservation. And that's good because then you can work with the restaurant manager and they can kind of get on the same page with you and, you know, feel like they're helping you out with your big group reservation. 
You know, another restaurant that could be a good option too now is Viennapoli. It's very open, very family friendly, and they have that giant table in the middle that can seat a lot of people. And it is ordering pizza, but it's really good pizza. And you can book that directly through Disney Dining as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I bet you could request that you all get that big table in the middle. I think the only thing to remember, though, is you have to make sure everybody has park admission for that one. Yeah, Um, that's true. Sorry, that's kind of a downer. I didn't mean to shoot down your idea. Thanks, Carrie. Oh, you know, another good idea, too, could be um, something kind of silly and fun. Maybe something like Beer Garden, where it's sort of a show, maybe not quite to the same extent as, say, Hoop Dee Doo Review, but it has those long family-style tables, and everyone can can sit together and hoop it up and not worry about being loud, right? Yeah, I and I think Disney's great about that. Like, if you want a casual, large group, boisterous setting, you know, there are a couple places like that. There's uh, Whispering Canyon at uh, Wilderness Lodge, and then, of course, all the character buffets. If your crowd is into that, that could be a really fun way to do it. Yeah, the character buffets could be a really good idea, too. You know, one restaurant I don't see on here, and you know what it's going to be when I ask is if you can rent it out, is Beaches and Cream, because they don't open to like 10 or 11. So like, what if you wanted to do brunch there? Would that be an option? Yeah, everything I've heard is the answer is no, just because they are open so many hours of the day that I think that they can't accommodate anybody before they open. What's a couple of more hours? Come on. <laughs> I know. And that would be the one because it's so tiny that it would be great to have it all to yourself because sometimes you have to wait a long time to get in there. So Yeah. And there are so many venues around, too, that maybe you don't think about for the rehearsal dinner, maybe for more for receptions or things like that, but like the attic or is Ariel still open for events? Is that? Yes. Yeah. So that used to be a restaurant many years ago and they closed it and now they only use it for private events. And so, you know, that would be something you would plan through Disney catered events or through your wedding planner. You can have a catered event in Ariel's or in the attic. And I think, too, like, say, with dessert parties at Epcot, most people, or even for a Wishes dessert party, most people consider those for the wedding. But that could be a good option for the rehearsal dinner, too. Definitely, yeah. Another event that you can book through your planner that it's certainly a unique way to welcome your guests to your event because not many people get to see world-class fireworks shows at their rehearsal dinners that they're used to going to. So that's another option that you would book through your planner or through Disney catered events that can be a great way to kick off your event weekend. So I think the the advantage to making a group reservation is it's the easiest. It's just like making a regular reservation. It's just for a larger group. Sometimes it isn't as easy because you have to, you know, make sure that they can put all your tables together, hopefully, and you can all sit together. But it's a good, less expensive alternative to a private catered event. Well, you know, you could always just walk up to the walk-up pizza window on the boardwalk, order a bunch of pizzas, just have everyone sit out on the boardwalk, and then go get boardwalk bakery for dessert. Sounds like perfect rehearsal dinner. Sounds like a mother-in-law's nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) But it's an option. You're welcome, grooms. It's an option. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that because, yeah, you don't have to do a traditional dinner with speeches and catered or even at a restaurant. There are a lot of other ideas that are great alternatives to a sit-down dinner for the rehearsal or for a welcome event. One idea is to book a suite or a cabin at Fort Wilderness or a Disney Vacation Club villa so you have all the space and then just get trays from Publix supermarket or have pizzas delivered or apparently Panera and Earl of Sandwich will both deliver. So that might be a good casual come-as-you-are open house kind of thing that you could do and it could be that You know, maybe you were going to have a Disney Vacation Club villa anyway because your parents are members and they were going to have the whole family stay there for the wedding event. Well, have the party there. 
that's a great option, I think. And also, I mean, if you're just going to rent one for one night, one bedroom is, what, you know, 400 or $500, but that's still less than the food and beverage minimum at one of the restaurants, maybe. So if you can dine cheaply, it could be a cost savings. Yeah, definitely. BYOB. <laughs> yeah, no corkage fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then another idea that I've seen is people just all meet by the pool or they meet at a public area in the resort. And this is a little tricky. There aren't a lot of enclosed public areas at the Disney resorts. My favorite one and the one we used is called the Parlor, and it is at the Beach Club Resort. And we just went in there. We took it over. There was nobody in there. And we set up in there and everybody met and we had sort of a casual come when you want to between these hours, get to know you. And it didn't cost us anything. We also scheduled it between mealtimes so that it wouldn't cost us anything because otherwise we weren't going to be able to afford an event at all. But um, the Beach Club also has the Solarium, which is a little bit more public and there's a big blaring TV in there. But that could be a place you could meet. And most of the other Disney Vacation Club resorts don't have enclosed rooms like the parlor where there's actually a door on it and everything. But, you know, if you look around, you may find a place that might work. Well, and two, the cabanas are becoming really popular at the pools where you can reserve space. And it may not be able to accommodate a lot of people, but at least, you know, maybe 10, 15 people if you had just to sort of have that private spot in the pool area would be a good idea too. Yeah, that's a great idea, especially if you are going to do a pool party because you could get pizzas or you could have private dining deliver or you could bring stuff in. And if you got a couple cabanas, it could still be cheaper than doing a private catered event. Yeah, definitely. And then another idea is to do an activity instead. It doesn't have to be dinner. I mean, I know it's called the rehearsal dinner, but maybe you want to do something a little more active with your guests, something that they're not used to doing at a wedding. Some ideas are like going mini golfing. There are two miniature golf courses at Walt Disney World. Uh, They also have outdoor movies. It seems like almost every night of the week, one of the deluxe resorts is showing a movie on the beach. It seems like all the deluxe resorts every night now (laughs) is doing it. Yeah. And this is the movie part is free. Usually they have like s'mores kits for about $5. And if you go to Fort Wilderness, they also have like a campfire and a sing-along. And then also you can do wagon rides at Fort Wilderness. So that might be a good way you could combine all of those at Fort Wilderness. Do the movie, do the sing-along. Everybody goes on a hayride. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's an idea. You can all rent golf carts and have a little golf cart parade too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. During at Christmas, you could go drive around and see the decorations. Yeah. Yeah. We did that last year. A lot of fun. That's cool. Oh, well, and now in downtown Disney, they have Splitsville. So that's an option too. Right. Yeah. Rent some bowling lanes. They have, you know, food. They deliver food to your lane and everything. I think they even have a private space upstairs. I'm not sure how expensive that would be, but either or. You could do a private thing there or you could just, you know, go in with all the other bowlers. Yeah. And I think too, because it's, it's Disney doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional, like you said, a traditional rehearsal dinner. It's more of a, either a welcome party or a goodbye party, just something to get everyone together. So, um, and you're in Disney, take advantage of all that they have to offer, even if not just, you know, sitting in a nice restaurant and eating. There's so many fun things to do too. Right, right. Another idea that's pretty popular is to take everybody to one of the dinner shows. So like the Hoopty Doo Review or the Spirit of Aloha Luau at the Polynesian or even House of Blues. There's also Mickey's Backyard Barbecue, which is outside. It's also at Fort Wilderness. And that could be a, a good option for taking a big group too as well. Yeah. And it's less expensive than some of those other ones. Yeah. And then you also have your wagon ride and your <laughs> your, your campfire. <laughs> you can do it all. <laughs> 
Um, another idea, if you have probably a smaller group, would be to do a fireworks cruise. And we did a whole show, oh, last year, I think. Dig it up on the website on planning fireworks cruises with all the prices and the capacities. But, you know, you can rent a couple of boats and they can all go out and moor next to each other during the show. And so that might be a fun event. Or if money is no object, the grand one. Right. I think you can get up to 18 people on that sucker. <laughs> Just find people <laughs> off, the, <laughs> off the marina. Come on on the boat with us. <laughs> and then another idea, which actually you see a lot for bachelor and bachelorette parties, is to do like an eat around the world showcase or drink around the world showcase kind of idea. You know, I wouldn't probably attempt this during food and wine because it's so crowded. But if you had a smaller group and it wasn't, you know, a Friday night during food and wine, it probably wouldn't be too hard to keep all together as you moseyed around the world showcase. Yeah, that that's my favorite one, personally. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we've been able to give you some good ideas if you're getting to the stage of your planning where you're starting to think about a rehearsal dinner or a welcome party. You know, it doesn't have to be a private catered event. You can also book a private room on your own in a restaurant at Walt Disney World, or you can make a group reservation during the regular business hours if you want a more casual and, of course, a cheaper event. Or it doesn't have to be dinner at all. It could be some other kind of activity that just gets everybody together in a casual setting before the big day. So thanks for being on the show, Christy. Thank you for having me. It was fun as always. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp, or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>